1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Romans for or against Torah. This is part three of the series. So now what Paul does... He takes the Torah principle by which he used Abraham as an example for all of us of how God's righteousness works, and he's going to apply those principles to how we receive Yeshua to be our Savior and Lord. In Romans chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, it is written, Now it was not written for his sake alone, that is Abraham's, that it was imputed unto him for righteousness. It wasn't just for Abraham. But it was for us also. Now, I was going to take that which Abraham did and apply the principle to if we follow the same principle, that's how we receive our righteousness in and through the redemptive work of Yeshua when he died on the tree and shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if... We believe on him that raised up Yeshua, our Lord, from the dead. In Romans chapter 10, verses 6 and 8, Paul writes, But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. What says it? So he's going to take the righteousness of God, which he's been explaining, particularly in Romans chapters 2, 3, and 4, and he's going to apply that principle to how we, receive salvation in Messiah Yeshua that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart through faith trust and confidence with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation the righteousness of God by faith believes with the heart the promises of God Romans chapter 10 verse 11 for the scripture Scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. So here in Romans chapter 10, verse 11, Paul is making a reference in believing in Yeshua as Messiah. And when you do, you will not be ashamed. He's making a reference to... Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16, which says, therefore, thus is the Lord God. Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, and he that believes shall not make haste. Now, Paul explains that this righteousness of God that brings salvation to us is for both Jew and non-Jew, and it works the same way for both Jew and non-Jew. Romans chapter 10 verse 12, for there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, the Jew and the non-Jew. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that is Yeshua the Messiah, shall be saved. So here in Romans chapter 10 verse 13, Paul is quoting or making a reference to Joel chapter 2 verse 32 as it is written, And it will come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall shall be saved, or shall be delivered. And so, Paul is using the Torah and the Prophets as the basis for what he's teaching in the book of Romans. And he's taking the principles of the Torah and the prophets and applying those principles to faith in Yeshua as the Messiah for our salvation. So furthermore, we can see that the righteousness and the salvation of the God of Israel is for both Jew and non-Jew in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35, as it is written. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Said, of a truth i perceive that god is no respecter of persons but in every nation he that fears him and does righteousness or works righteousness is accepted with him so we could see how paul explained in romans that the righteousness and salvation of god is for both jew and non-jew romans chapter 3 verse 30 it is written seeing it's one god which shall justify the circumcision by faith that is the Jew and the uncircumcision through faith. That's the non-Jew. Then Paul asks the question in Romans chapter 4 verse 9, comes this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or the Jews only or upon the uncircumcision also, the non-Jew, when we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was Abraham regarded as righteous? Paul asks the question in Romans chapter 4 verse 10, when he was was in circumcision or in uncircumcision so When was Abraham regarded as righteous for trusting and believing in the promises of God? Well, it's stated in Genesis, in chapter 15, and verse 6, because he was given the instruction and the promise in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, and then in doing so, and acting upon it, faith without works is dead, so in acting upon it, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it says that, Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So Paul asks the question right here, what is Abraham's situation in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6? At this moment when God declared him to be righteous before him, was he physically circumcised or physically not circumcised? That's the question that Paul asks in Romans chapter 4 verse 10. And so he answers the question, not in circumcision but in uncircumcision. So abraham being the father of our faith romans in chapter 4 verse 16 and being the torah spiritual example to us regarding how god establishes our righteousness that here we see that the torah does not establish that our righteousness comes through the act of being physically circumcised our righteousness instead comes through us having a circumcised heart and a circumcised heart will be obedient to the instruction of the God of Israel and will believe with the heart and so that's what Abram did when he left Ur of the Chaldees to go to a land that the God of Israel promised him and so after Abraham was established to be righteous in the eyes of the God of Israel through his faith trust and confidence in him and the promises that was made to him then afterward in genesis chapter 17 abraham was instructed to be physically circumcised and so physical circumcision did not establish the righteousness in romans chapter 4 verse 11 it is written and abraham received the sign of circumcision when did he receive the sign in genesis chapter 17 and it says in genesis 17 verses 10 11 this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every man child among you shall be circumcised and you will circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it will be a token or a sign of the covenant. So physical circumcision is an outward sign that you have a covenant with the God of Israel and you've already been regarded as being righteous in and through that covenant relationship, which comes by putting faith or trust and confidence, in the God of Israel and not putting faith, trust, and confidence in your own merit. So Paul then, in teaching the Torah, and what the Torah says in Romans chapter 4 verse 11 states, and he, Abraham, received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had already in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. Yet, at that moment, in Genesis 15 verse 6, he was uncircumcised. That he might be the father or the example, the Torah example to all those that believe in Yeshua as the Messiah though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Abraham is our example of proper faith toward the God of Israel and how he establishes righteousness in him Romans chapter 4 verse 12 and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. And so Yeshua's ministry is to confirm the promises that was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Romans chapter 15, verse 8, it is written, Now I say that Yeshua the Messiah was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to our fathers, that is, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, just like Abraham, we inherit the covenant promises by trusting in the Lord and His righteousness and His salvation. Romans chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham and to his seed through the law, here it means by our own merit, but through the righteousness of faith, which is by believing in putting trust in the God of Israel and in his promises and his integrity regarding who he is to establish our righteousness. Now Romans chapter 4 verse 14, for if they which are of the law be heirs in establishing our own righteousness, faith is made void in the promise made of none effect. So now Paul writes and explains in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9 that the righteousness of God is accepted. Expressed through faith, and being found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. And so how would my own righteousness be of the law? The only way my own righteousness would be of the law is if I never transgress the law. My own righteousness, according to the law, the Torah teaches that only if I'm faithful to do all the things that are written therein, that is the only way that I can have my own righteousness. But given that none of us ever live our lives in... And always 100% of the time do what the Torah says, then we break the Torah. And so since we break the Torah, then we can't establish our own righteousness according to the Torah. And so that's why Paul says, and be found of him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Messiah, the righteousness which is of God by faith. As we went over in Deuteronomy, in chapter 9, in verses 4 through 6, the Torah teaches that I cannot establish my own righteousness. As we went over in Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 12 and 13, the prophets state, I cannot establish my own righteousness. So now, in Romans chapter 9, verse Verse 30, Paul explains that non Jews trust in the promises of God through the redemptive work of Yeshua. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. So, when the non Jews put their faith, trust, and confidence in Yeshua and in his redemptive work, and they don't trust in their own righteousness, whether they realize it or not, they They are doing what the Torah says and they are following after Abraham's example. Now, Paul says that the Jewish nation did not trust in God's righteousness as he explained from Abraham's example to us. In Romans chapter nine, verse 31, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, have not attained to the law of righteousness. And so who he's referring to here primarily are Jews, that in the first century are called Pharisees. And the Pharisees are trying to follow the Torah according to the teachings of the rabbis. And in effect, they're trying to trust in the teachings of the rabbis rather than putting their faith in Yeshua as the Messiah. And so therefore, by trying to follow the teachings of the rabbis who do not point the Jewish people to Yeshua the Messiah, Paul is trying to explain that they are not following and doing what the Torah says. That it was Abraham who is our Torah example, and we apply how he was made righteous before God to our faith in Yeshua as the Messiah, which the Pharisees, in seeking to follow the teachings of the rabbis, were not doing. And so that's what Paul is comparing and contrasting here. So Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter Chapter 9, verse 32. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, not trusting in the covenant promises of the God of Israel contained in the Torah, but as it were, by the works of the law, and here the context is that they're trusting in their own good deeds, separate and distinct from the Messiah, and separate and distinct, and not fully seeing that the Torah says, "Cursed is." is everyone that does not do all the things that are written in the book thereof and so this is stated in deuteronomy and uh, chapter 27 and verse 26 and uh, so therefore by failing to put your faith trust and confidence in yeshua the messiah and his redemptive work based upon the principle and the example we see in the torah from abraham's life then that's what paul's referring Referring to that they're seeking to establish their own righteousness. Paul was not speaking or teaching against following the Torah. He's presenting and teaching and sharing the proper way to follow the Torah. So we see then that the Jews who were the Pharisees of the first century and trying to follow the Torah through the teachings of the rabbis and who did not put their faith, trust, and confidence in Yeshua when he shed his blood and died on the tree Paul's going to explain that they have not followed the Torah righteousness of God of which Abraham is our father and our example but by not putting their faith trust and confidence in Yeshua that they're establishing their own righteousness Romans chapter 10 verses 1 through 3 brethren my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved for I bear them record that they have have a zeal of God. What's that zeal? That zeal is to follow the Torah, but not according to knowledge. And so they have the zeal to follow the Torah, but they're not properly following the Torah because if they were properly following the Torah and seeing Abraham as their example, that they would put their faith, trust, and confidence in the God of Israel as expressed through the redemptive work of the Messiah, because the Torah is written about him in points to the Messiah so they have the zeal for the Torah but not according to the correct knowledge of what the Torah says for they being ignorant of God's righteousness which is outlined in the Torah they're going about to establish their own righteousness which is independent from the Messiah and the example that the Torah gives through Abraham and his life and as a result they've not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God as outlined in the Torah. Paul says that the Torah and the prophets testify of this righteousness of God. Romans chapter three, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. The righteousness of God being witnessed, the righteousness of God being witnessed by the Torah and the prophets. Romans chapter three, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, the application is to have faith, in Yeshua the Messiah, and it's unto all and upon all Jew and non-Jew that believe, according to the faith of Abraham. For there is no difference between Jew and non-Jew, because the same way that Abraham was righteous in the eyes of the God of Israel, according to that same principle, is how Jew and non-Jew all become righteous before the eyes of the God of Israel. So the application that Paul is making from the Torah principle is that the righteous of God is trusting in Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Romans chapter 3 verses 24 and 25, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So how do we have faith in the blood of Yeshua? The same way that Abraham had faith in his walk to be obedient to the instruction that he was given given by the God of Israel in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Paul explains that God's righteousness, given that it's not based upon our own merit, our own ability, and what we do, independent of trusting in the God of Israel for our salvation, that the righteousness of the God of Israel, therefore, is a gift that He grants and gives to us based upon His his faithfulness when we put our faith and trust and confidence in him, his word, and his covenant promises. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 it is written, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that is the sin of Adam in the garden, much more they which receive the abundance of grace because our righteousness isn't based upon our own merit and the gift of righteousness that comes through the work of the Messiah shall reign in life by one Yeshua Messiah. So, because our righteousness is a gift and it's based upon the God of Israel's faithfulness to His promises and to fulfill His covenant promises to us, and because it comes by us putting our faith and trust and confidence in Him, and it's not based upon our own individual merit, independent of the God of Israel. We cannot boast in our own salvation. Romans chapter 3, verse 27, Paul writes, where is boasting then? It's excluded. It cannot be done. By what law? Of works based upon our own merit and what we have done to earn it independent of the God of Israel? No, but by the law of faith. Paul asks the question in Galatians chapter 3, verse 21, because often in Christianity in explaining salvation by grace through faith it is put in this way but we either follow the law or we follow after faith and it's put forth that faith is in conflict with following the torah so paul asks the question in galatians chapter 3 verse 21 is the law is the torah against faith is the torah against the promises of god paul says no it is not god forbid and paul explains that The Torah gives the parameters and thus the standard of God And it defines for us what sin is Romans chapter 4 verse 15 at the end of the verse Paul says where there is no law there is no transgression in order for us to legally sin the Torah must exist because you cannot transgress something that doesn't exist you can't violate a law that doesn't exist so the Torah is in existence today because it is possible for someone to sin today. Paul explains in Romans chapter 3 verse 20, it's through the Torah and understanding what the Torah says comes the definition or the awareness or the knowledge of what sin is and that we have sinned. And then he asked the question in Romans chapter 7 verse 7, what shall we say? Is the Torah sin? Well, in traditional Christianity, they say that following the Torah is bondage. Sin is bondage. So, if following the Torah is bondage and sin is bondage, what is in effect, what's being said, is that the Torah is sin. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.